said the goblin. Don't wish for what does not belong to you. But the tin soldier pretended not to hear. Very well, wait till tomorrow then, said the goblin. When the children came in the next morning, they placed the tin soldier in the window. Now, whether it was the goblin who did it, or the draught, is not known. But the window flew open, and out fell the tin soldier, heels over head, from the third story, into the street beneath. It was a terrible fall, for he came head downwards, his helmet and his bayonet stuck in between the flagstones, and his one leg up in the air. The servant maid and the little boy went downstairs directly to look for him, but he was nowhere to be seen, although once they nearly trod upon him. If he had called out, Here I am! It would have been all right, but he was too proud to cry out for help while he wore a uniform. Presently it began to rain, and the drops fell faster and faster, till there was a heavy shower. When it was over, two boys happened to pass by, and one of them said, Look, there's a tin soldier. He ought to have a boat to sail in. So they made a boat out of a newspaper and placed the tin soldier in it and sent him sailing down the gutter while the two boys ran by the side of it and clapped their hands. Good gracious, what large waves arose in that gutter and how fast the stream rolled on, for the rain had been very heavy. The paper boat rocked up and down and turned itself round sometimes so quickly that the tin soldier trembled. Yet he remained firm. His countenance did not change. He looked straight before him and shouldered his musket. Suddenly, the boat shot under a bridge which formed a part of a drain, and then it was as dark as the tin soldier's box. Where am I going now? thought he. This is the black goblin's fault, I'm sure. Oh, well, if the little lady were only here with me in the boat, I should not care for any darkness. Suddenly, there appeared a great water rat who lived in the drain. Have you a passeport? asked the rat. Give it to me at once. But the tin soldier remained silent and held his musket tighter than ever. The boat sailed on and the rat followed it. How he did gnash his teeth and cry out to the bits of wood and store. Stop him! Stop him! He has not paid toll and has not shown his pass. But the stream rushed on stronger and stronger. The tin soldier could already see daylight shining where the arch ended. Then he heard a roaring sound quite terrible enough to frighten the bravest man. At the end of the tunnel, the drain fell into a large canal over a steep place, which made it as dangerous for him as a waterfall would be to us. He was too close to it to stop, so the boat rushed on, and the poor tin soldier could only hold himself as stiffly as possible without moving an eyelid to show that he was not afraid. The boat whirled round three or four times and then filled with water to the very edge. Nothing could save it from sinking. He now stood up to his neck in water, while deeper and deeper sank the boat, and the paper became soft and loose with the wet, till at last the water closed over the soldier's head. 
he thought of the elegant little dancer whom he should never see again, and the words of the song surrounded in his ears. Farewell, warrior, ever brave, drifting onward to thy grave. Then the paper boat fell to pieces, and the soldier sank into the water, and immediately afterwards was swallowed up by a great fish. Oh, how dark it was inside the fish! A great deal darker than in the tunnel, and narrower too. But the tin soldier continued firm, and lay at full length shouldering his musket. The fish swam to and fro, making the most wonderful movements. But at last he became quite still. After a while, a flash of lightning seemed to pass through him, and then the daylight approached, and a voice cried out, I declare, here is the tin soldier. The fish had been caught, taken to the market, and sold to the cook, who took him into the kitchen and cut him open with a large